ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. The bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know what that means. Every Thursday at this time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we talk Bills football. We talk Bills football with the man at the mic. Let's bring him in. The voice of the Buffalo Bills, as you can hear over on our bro stat station, K-Rock. John Murphy is back. Murph, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Right now, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We got some snow flying here in central New York, and we're going to have some snow flying Saturday night, it appears, uh, with the Bills and, and Dolphins matchup here, which will be quite different than the first Bills-Dolphins matchup <laughs> earlier this season. Couldn't get more opposite than that, as a matter of fact. So we're looking forward That's to true. that. It was like 95 degrees in Miami back on September 25th when the Bills lost a two-point loss in Miami. And I just checked the forecast so there's a lake effect snow warning in effect starts tomorrow night and runs through Monday at noon or so. And it's a weird thing. It says it could, you know how lake effect is. It said mm-hmm. that it could be like two to three feet, you know, 15 inches to 21 inches. Okay. But if you look at the forecast for Saturday, it says one to three inches is predicted. Hmm. So I don't know. I guess that's the unpredictability of lake effect, right? That's it. We just got to see what happens Saturday night. It was interesting to hear Mike McDaniels talk this week, Murphy. He's kind of going like mind over matter. He's not really focusing on it. And I guess that's good news for the Bills because I think that's something you do have to account for when you play in the snow uh, in a game like this and, and somebody that coaches a team that doesn't do it often, right? I think that would be a factor if the weather gets as bad as some say it could be. That is a key advantage for the Bills, is it not? Yeah, I, I well, uh, let me discuss that. For I did see McDaniel run around practice today with a T-shirt that said, what did it say, I wish it were colder or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he means that. But um, I don't know how much of a factor it is. I just did, I did our pregame interview with Coach McDermott uh, this morning, and I asked him that. I mean, you got two teams, they both, uh, you know, very few players come from this area, so they're not really used to it. The Bills practice outdoors here at least one or two days a week. But uh, it can't, the, the major impact of weather is, is, is the wind, right? That affects the game. The cold, it'll be cold for both teams, no matter if you grew up here, if you practice here, if you haven't been here in a while, it, it won't be that much of a factor. The snow can be a bit of a factor, but it's the wind. If it's windy, then you're talking about uh, having an impact on the game. And I don't know if it's forecast to be extensively uh, windy, um, you know, this, this Saturday night when they, they kick off. I don't think the Bills – and they're probably smart to do this. They don't count on it. You know, they know that it can be a, a bit of a factor and it can uh, unnerve your opponents a little bit. I'll tell you what I think is more uh, of a factor in the game is the fact that the Dolphins, you know, have played two in a row on the road. They were in California for a week. Mm-hmm. They played Sunday night, flew back home, probably got in at 6 or 7 a.m. Monday, and now they have to leave tomorrow, Friday, to fly up here. Yeah, there's a temperature change from where they were in California and where they were at home in Miami, and that'll be, you know, they'll feel that. But it's just the the wearing down of all that travel, you know, three road games in three weeks, uh, two of them out west. I think that's a bigger factor than uh, than the cold or the weather will be. That's a great point, Murph. John Murphy joining us, the voice of the Buffalo Bills. And, look, this is a game where, you know, Buffalo wins and they get a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to lose their playoff spot anytime soon, barring an epic collapse here. But they lock it down here. It's a – it's a strike back on the loss to Miami that puts 
you know, further more of a spike in on the division, which they need to do, which they started with the Jets last week, would happen again here. So, yeah, weather aside, just what's on the line in this game and how hungry this team is going to be to beat Miami based on what happened in the first matchup. Then you add in Cole Beasley to the mix, and there's some interesting things happening with this team right now, Murph. Even with a few weeks to go, you're still tinkering with the roster and trying to round it out as best you can. What do you think of, of adding Cole Beasley back to the roster this week? I thought it was interesting, and it, and it, it may or may not have a factor on uh, on this game this week. You know, I'm, I mean, he just got into practice. Uh, they didn't really have a practice Tuesday. They had a walkthrough. So for Beasley, it was Wednesday and today, and they'll probably do a walkthrough tomorrow, but they won't do much. Um, he hasn't really played. He played two games for Tampa back in uh, September, so he hasn't played in three months or so. Um, he's familiar with the offense. He's familiar with Josh Allen. Um, Brandon Bean said something interesting, um, I guess it was yesterday, uh, the Bills GM talking about uh, Beasley and what he can do for Buffalo's offense. And he said he sees um, he sees opposing defenses, especially zones, exactly like Josh does. And I thought that's important. I actually followed up with Sean McDermott about that today. You know, what's he talking about? And obviously he said, you know, he thinks like Josh when 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 he sees a, a defense setting up in a zone one way, uh, Cole Beasley thinks if I go here, I'll be open, or if I turn around here, I'll be open. And Josh, through three years of working together, thinks the exact same way. So that'll be a benefit, and that's why he may play and may actually uh, contribute on uh, – on Saturday night, you know, the, the weird, they, they lost by two back uh, week three of the season in that game. The Bills outgained. I had to make sure I'm right here. They got 497 yards of offense in that game. That's right. And the yeah. Dolphins got 212 and the Bills lost it. I mean, that's that's it's almost impossible to be a better than two to one edge in yards gain and lose it. But they did because of turnovers, because of where the turnovers were. Uh, they missed a makeable field goal. They mismanaged the clock. The Bills were hit hard by the, the heat, and they had a lot of players in and out. They they were without five defensive starters at the start of the game. So there were a lot of factors in that uh, two-point loss back in week three that I don't think will be replicated this Saturday night. That was always sitting there, Murph. I mean, you and I talked about Odell Beckham Jr. a couple of times, or what could they do at receiver. It's like Beasley just feels plug-and-play. Like you said, he hasn't played for a couple of months, but – Man, he knows Josh. He knows the offense. If there's a cutback in the amount of adjustment time, he would. Let's say you signed Odell Beckham Jr. today. There's the adjustment of injury. There's the adjustment of scheme. There's all those things. Beasley, like it's like I feel like it's not like riding a bike. It's not that simple. But the cutback time of when he'll feel comfortable is why you can make that move now with a few weeks to go and and hopefully give a spark to your offense. And I just like the message from Brandon Bean here, like. This offense needs something. There's something missing from the, the offense in general. The receivers aren't performing as consistently as they need to. So I just like the message it sends, you know, top to bottom here. Yeah, you can definitely plug and play uh, Cole Beasley. And they needed receivers, you know, uh, on the active roster. And they added John Brown a couple of weeks ago, but uh, he's not on the active roster. He's a, a practice squad guy who can be elevated, as is Beasley, by the way, that he can be elevated up until – well, it must be tomorrow at 4 p.m. elevated to the active roster. 
But on the active roster, they have just four receivers, right? Uh, they have, um, you know, Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir. So they need bodies. They need people there at receiver, and they've elevated guys the last couple of weeks. Um, and that, that's a factor, you know. You need people who can step in and play, and, and they get them at a kind of a discount rate for the end of the season. They only have to pay them, I think, the veteran minimum for every game he's elevated for, talking about Cole Beasley here. so uh, And they have guys coming back. I mean, Jamison Crowder, who was their slot receiver at the start of the season, may be back in a week or two. So I think they're just setting themselves up uh, for the end of the season and being ready to, to make a few moves if they have to going down the stretch and into the postseason. Murph, jumping on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, look, Vaughn Miller is who he is, and we've discussed that and his impact and his status as the closer, as we've discussed. But would you say Matt Milano is the most impactful player on that side of the ball, it just feels like it's a completely different defense when he's not out there. It's a really good point, and it's really hard, I think, to identify who the you know the most valuable defender is. I, I love Milano, and think he's having he's certainly having a Pro Bowl year. And if he doesn't make it, there should be an investigation. <laughs> you know, Jordan Poyer, when he's in the lineup, the Bills are nine and zero. Uh, the safety Jordan Poyer. He was not in the lineup at Miami back in week three. Uh, and there are others, too. I, I think Tremaine Edmonds, although he might not be the uh, contributor that Milano or Poyer is, I think he's had a great game uh, last week and has played a couple of really good games in a row. What impresses me about the defense, Brent, is how, uh, yeah, Von Miller's been out and he'll miss uh, the rest of the season. But guys are stepping up, the guys that you would hope would, including Greg Russo, uh, last year's first-round draft pick, who's making big plays. And, uh, you know, he, there's no way he becomes Von Miller, but he's he's kind of filling in the, the breach, you know, making pass rush moves and racking up sacks. He missed a, a good chunk of midseason with an injury, but he's back now and seems healthy and making plays. Ed Oliver has stepped up. Ed Oliver is making big plays, another former first-round pick. Uh, Shaq Lawson, the returning uh, Buffalo Bill, who, who bounced around the league a little bit after he left, another former Bills first-round pick, he's making plays. And I think uh, the fact that they – look, you, you can't say they won't miss Von Miller. They will. Uh, but I don't think they've really missed him yet. And I think uh, they got to just continue to get plays from other guys as they have for a couple weeks well, and, and go where it takes them. Here's where that impact of Von Miller comes in, Murph. I, I think we talked about this before, but it bears repeating. Like, he kind of took Greg Rousseau under his wing, didn't he, and taught him yep. some things. And, like, that's – you're starting to see – the timing of Rousseau coming into his own as a player, and I, I'm having Vaughn Miller around to teach you some of these things. That's uh, that's like having Picasso around to teach you how to paint a little bit. Yeah, Rousseau is, is such a he's uh, he's unique. You know, he's so tall. He's six six, and he's he's long. I mean, he's he, he looks like a power forward in basketball. You know, he's he's kind of, he's not thin, but he's not real heavy, and he can move really well. But he takes up so much space and. Uh, is such a good pass defender when he gets his arms up there that he's unique. There's not a whole lot of guys like Greg Russo in the league. I think A.J. Epinesa, uh, second-round pick a couple of years ago, you know, he had a big pass swat down at the end of the Jets game last Sunday uh, that a lot of guys don't think to make, but Epinesa knew enough to make that. The whole group has really come along pretty well. Um, they Certainly they miss Von Miller, but as a group, I think they're doing their best to, to minimize the uh, damage without Von Miller. Murph, great stuff. Always appreciate the time. Stay warm Saturday night. Looking forward to the matchup and uh, looking forward to catching up with you one more time before the holidays next week. Okay. Thanks, Brent. Good talking with you. Thank you, Murph. Always great to have you as well, my friend. That's John Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills. Hot takes await. The NCAA has a new president, and they've kind of stepped away from their usual process to name that president. Will it work? We'll talk about it next.